0: got a big storm heading for central texas just in time for the weekend we'll update you on the flooding concerns and how much rain we expect they heard every single shot every single shot they heard everything
1: a central texas police officer killed while responding to a call how the community is honoring the fall a fallen officer
2: and the end of title 42 is near the last minute preps to prepare a central texas police officer shot and killed in the line of duty while responding to a domestic violence call and tonight our state is in mourning thanks for being with us i'm brit moreno
1: and i'm daniel marine this happened overnight in the city of cameron about an hour and a half northeast of austin the Texas Department of Public Safety says this started when a woman called 911 saying her husband shot her. That woman is in the hospital. The suspect, police say, is dead.
2: And this video shows the early morning police escort of the fallen officer's body. Now we're still waiting to find out the name of that officer. KXAN's Brianna Hollis is live at the Cameron Police Department for us tonight, where the officer's patrol vehicle is now on display for the community. Over
3: at Daniel, it's somber in, Cameron, this evening. Flags are at half staff at the police department, and in the short time we've been out here, so many community members have come by to drop off cards and flowers and take a moment to bow their heads, and as you mentioned, the department isn't releasing the name of the officer just yet. I did get a chance to speak with one of those officers in this very parking lot this afternoon. Guys, it's a very small police department, only seven full-time officers listed on the website. That officer, understandably, visibly upset, just like the community members coming out to pay their respects. Shots here, they echo far because it's small. Danny Hernandez and her family it's Really scary, I agree. Live just houses down from where the standoff happened Wednesday night. Because the sound of gunshots is not something that I hear often. Her doorbell video catching the police response, and then after that, it just got really still. According to the Milam County Sheriff's Office, police responded to North Travis Avenue in Cameron just before eleven o'clock Wednesday night. The victim told police her spouse shot her in the neck. Police got a warrant for the couple's home on Seventh Street, and when multiple agencies attempted to serve that warrant, authorities say the suspect opened fire on law enforcement. Officers fired back, killing the suspect. The Cameron officer got wounded in the shootout and died at the hospital.
4: Domestic. Calls are extremely dangerous. When that police officer from Cameron left for his shift and kissed his family goodbye, they thought and he thought he was going to return what he didn't.
3: Graham Jones, a former officer himself, is with the 100 Club, a group that supports family of fallen officers.
4: There's so many people in this community that care about them and that are praying for them right now.
3: A show of support as caution tape and police lights haunted the small town into the daylight. But as the crime scene cleared, the community shifted its attention from the street to the officer's memorial. Officers, dead! Present arms! will likely release the names of the officer and the suspect tomorrow. The 100 Club says the last time an officer fell in the line of duty in Cameron was all the way back in 1935. And the officer we spoke with today says he doesn't even remember the last time a Cameron officer was involved in an officer-involved shooting. He also said his colleague was, quote, one of the best. Britt, Daniel.
1: All right, Brianna, thank you very much. And going in depth on this, the state of Texas has had more than 2,200 officers die in the line of duty. That is according to the Officer Down Memorial page, which tracks records dating back to the 1800s. Now, more than half of those deaths have been from gunfire. The Texas Rangers and the Texas Department of Criminal Justice Correctional Institutions Division are tied for the most officer deaths at of 122.
0: First warning weather
1: with meteorologist Nick Bannon.
0: Hot and really humid day for us today on what was a mostly dry day. A couple of spotty showers and sprinkles this morning, but a sun cloud mix, and it's hazy out now in Granite Shoals from our Whittle Sea Landscape Supplies Camera there. We're still at 90 in Austin. If you're not in the low 90s, you're in the upper 80s, and the humidity is way up there with dew points well into the 70s for most of us. Just a mix of sunshine, hazy sunshine, and scattered clouds now. We'll keep a low. rain or storm chance into the evening. There's plenty of instability in the atmosphere for a storm or shower to pop up. I just don't think they're going to be that widespread as we drop through the 80s and into the upper 70s here at 11 as clouds thicken up. Brand new since around the middle of the day, a flood watch issued for the entire area begins Friday evening at 7 all the way through at least Saturday evening at 8. So coming up in First Warning Weather, we'll show you new timing of the rain, how much rain we're expecting this weekend with no end in sight. And we want to let you know that you can stay weather aware through the KXAN First Warning Weather app. Even if you're out and about for your Mother's Day plans this weekend, scan this QR code on your screen. It'll take you to where you can download our news and weather apps and a spot where you can share your photos to show us what it looks like where you live when storms roll in all right nick
1: thank you very much well in less than six hours title 42 will officially end at midnight eastern time At the Mexico-California border near San Diego, migrants are lining up under makeshift shelters waiting to try to enter the U.S. And in Mission, Texas, near McAllen, border officials have set up temporary processing tent facility under the international bridge that connects Mission to Reynosa, Mexico. Title 42, of course, is a rule put in place during the pandemic, which allowed the U.S. to deport most migrants immediately.
2: It will be replaced by Title 8, which gives migrants more opportunities to gain entry into the United States. The change is giving hope to desperate asylum seekers who are arriving in border cities in overwhelming numbers. NBC's Chris Pallone reports.
4: Just hours before Title 42 expires, focus is on the southern border where crowds of anxious migrants are growing. Many desperate people are fleeing their home countries, believing it will be easier to enter the U.S. once the pandemic-era policy
1: ends. At least I know that my granddaughter will have a better future here. one day, one day we'll be able to see each other again.
4: But the Biden administration is trying to convince people not to come to the border.
1: Our borders are not open.
4: The White House insisting the new rule replacing Title 42 called Title 8 will make it easier to quickly deport people who don't qualify
1: for asylum. People who cross our border unlawfully and without a legal basis to remain will be promptly processed and removed. The
4: government estimates 65,000 migrants might be in northern Mexico waiting to cross, and already arrests at the border have surged to record levels, about 11,000 on Wednesday alone. And the effects are being felt deep into the country. Thursday, a bus of migrants, most from Venezuela, arrived outside the vice president's residence in Washington. And this week, border states have sent about 200 migrants a day to Denver, Colorado.
0: This is a humanitarian crisis that this city is responding to.
4: The federal government has sent 1,500 unarmed soldiers to the border to help process new arrivals, while Texas Governor Greg Abbott has deployed armed National Guard troops to help secure the border. In Washington, Republicans capitalizing on the chaos are slamming President Biden's handling of the crisis.
3: When in the world is this administration going to wake up?
4: As lawmakers bicker, the humanitarian crisis grows.
1: In Washington, Chris Pallone, NBC News. And House Republicans today passed a bill that would reinstate several Trump immigration policies, including building more border wall. But with Democrats in charge of the Senate, this has zero chance of becoming law.
2: Also ending today is the COVID-19 National Public Health Emergency Declaration. With the end of the declaration come some changes. Austin Public Health's COVID-19 dashboards are being updated to be in alignment with the CDC and Texas Department of State Health Services. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, federal law allowed for continuous Medicaid coverage, but that coverage has now come to an end. APH says it is critical to ensure you still have access to health care coverage. APH will continue to offer COVID-19 vaccines through the Shots for Tots and Big Shots clinics, as well as the mobile vaccination programs, community events, At-home COVID-19 test kits are available at APH neighborhood centers while supplies last.
1: Another major recall for a popular fitness brand, how your Peloton bike could pose a danger.
2: As severe weather creeps into our area, Central Texas crews are getting ready to try to get a handle on these storms. What crews are doing now to make sure they're prepared? Well, Peloton is recalling two million exercise bikes over safety concerns. This is the second major recall for that fitness company. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says the bike's seat post can break during a workout, causing falls and injury. Peloton has already received 35 reports of that seat post breaking and detaching from the bike during use, and 13 of those reports included a fractured wrist, cuts, and bruises. The CPSC says to stop using those recalled bikes and to contact Peloton for a free repair of the seat post. In May of 2021, Peloton recalled 125,000 of its Tread Plus treadmills after a child died.
1: AI is quickly becoming a major part of an industry you might not expect. NBC News technology correspondent Jake Ward is at a recycling center in Colorado to explain. Kind of thing that you associate with maybe not themes like this exactly but the truth is artificial intelligence and the machine vision that it enables is being put to work in recycling centers like this one robots are increasingly doing the work of picking out films and plastic bags and all the things that make it impossible to recycle things in an effective and profitable way And when we look at what it's going to take to not just create a profitable recycling industry but save our planet, it could be that AI technology and the machine vision it powers could be the key to that. All that is coming up on Nightly News.
0: We got an update to the drought monitor today. This was last week's. Let me show you the changes and there were some improvements in portions of mason, Burnet and a little bit of Lano and San Saba counties—a trimming of the extreme drought, but a slight worsening in portions of Lano County too. Expect the drought monitor will look much different next week. We'll show you how much rain comes this weekend in First Warning Weather.
2: Okay, so by now you know, the flash flood warnings are out. And tonight, across Central Texas, crews are getting ready for wet weather.
1: CAX and Sarah Elshea has been following what different counties and cities are doing to prevent major flooding. She is live in Dripping Springs with a look at certain areas officials say may be closing off if the water gets too high.
5: Yeah, guys, this is one of the low water crossings in Hays County that the Office of Emergency Management is going to be monitoring this weekend. Now, they say if the water gets too high in this area, then they're going to close this off. Now, while they're monitoring this, the city of Dripping Springs says that they've been taking steps all of today and tomorrow to try and help prevent flooding. drains getting cleared in preparation for some heavy rain showers.
4: Weeding, cleaning out, making sure there's not brush. Uh, we're going to storm drains, making sure those are clear.
5: Aaron really Reed, the that's city that's of Dripping Works Springs Public Works to... Director, says they do this anytime they expect severe weather. And with storms coming this weekend, they're taking steps to prevent any high waters.
0: Keeping all the brush and all those things cleaned out, Things that might get washed downstream and then stack up at a storm drain, making sure that the water's able to flow and go through and go where it needs to go.
5: Ann Clerkin in Dripping Springs says she's bracing for the storms as well. You just make sure we have everything in. So if we need food or water or just normal, just normal things, we make sure we don't have to run out and go anywhere. This viewer video shows past flooding around low water crossings in Dripping Springs. And Clerken says she's concerned about that happening again this weekend. And we've had issues where it's just running across the street and you have to turn around, you really have to turn around, don't drown. So Clerkin says she won't take any chances, deciding to stay indoors and not risk it. And I'd rather be home stuck than <laughs> somewhere else in my car, so yeah. Now the city of Austin is also urging people to be prepared for the storms this weekend by doing things like gathering enough supplies to last for several days and then also making sure that your phones are charged or that you have a battery powered radio to help keep track of local weather conditions. Reporting in Dripping Springs, Sarah Alshah,
2: back to you in the studio. Uh, Thank you so much, and we really should say tonight that the warnings are out for these potential flood watches. And I think everybody just wants to know, when is all this rain going to come?
0: Yeah, it's going to take some time getting here. We think the most widespread rain doesn't begin in the hill country until midnight, Hmm. early Saturday morning. Hmm. So we've got some time to prepare here, which is good news, but it may make for a very soggy weekend. Uh, Mother's Day weekend, too. I know, Mother's Day
2: weekend, I know.
0: It's so just what uh, your plants that you're buying, Mom, needed, right? Exactly. Let's take it outside right now uh, to a blend of sun and clouds in San Marcos, the West Shore home camera there. It's another hazy day. We've had plenty of those lately. We've got a blog on what causes this hazy view that's on KXAN.com right now. Otherwise it's a mix of sunshine and scattered clouds. We're dry. We'll keep a low rain chance in the forecast here uh, through this evening because we've got an area of low pressure just to the north of us southeast of Denver that may spark off a very isolated storm here in central Texas. I think most of the storms though are going to stay well to our north. The main culprit for our weekend rain that Technically begins late tomorrow. It is a trough to the west of us that's going to develop into a strong area of low pressure that's going to bring rain after rain to us here in central Texas. Let's time it out for you. Right, with updated information here, there's that slight shower or storm chance tonight, just a 10% rain chance, not worth canceling evening plans tonight. Otherwise, it's a warm, dry evening for you. Low clouds, some sprinkles. A little bit of drizzle, spotty shower possible tomorrow morning, kind of similar to what we had this morning. But then tomorrow afternoon, a low chance for isolated storms, a couple maybe on the strong or even severe side. This is 4 o'clock. The coverage of these could be anywhere, but I think there's not going to be that many of them. So isolated storms to wrap up your Friday afternoon and into the evening. The main round of potentially flash flooding rains comes as we near midnight. Late Friday night, Saturday morning, there's midnight right on the clock there. You can see the reds, oranges, purples even just to the west of mason county at midnight and this line of downpours marches east producing potentially two to three inch per hour rainfall rates and arriving into the austin metro as we uh, just before sunrise here we're expecting and then it starts to fall apart a little bit and it looks like we'll get into at least some periods of saturday that it's not raining that hard but then more rounds of wet weather come in at times during the second half of the day too there's no particular time of day that i'm going to say it's dry, but I do think your rain chances drop off as early as late morning Saturday. Tomorrow's forecast a 20% chance of storms and showers during the daylight hours. Another warm day, a bit of afternoon sun and a high of 89. Severe weather threat tomorrow afternoon and evening, mainly for the Metro into the Hill Country, a two out of five severe weather risk. East of 35, it drops to a one out of five, large hail and damaging winds being the primary concern. And then the flash flooding threat picks up late Friday night. Highest three out of four, Southwestern Gillespie County, most of the Hill Country at a two out of four, and then the Metro and East a one out of four. Here's your weekend forecast, 90% rain coverage Saturday, 80% rain coverage on Sunday, near 80 both days, humid both days. I don't think it's going to be raining every moment of the day here this weekend, but when it rains, it could rain heavily. Saturday, the 3 out of 4 flash flooding threat, that's a moderate, that's pretty high. Uh, That has shifted now south of Austin, which was some improvements to the forecast, but we still have a widespread 2 out of 4 flash flooding threat here for Saturday and a two out of four for most of us on Sunday. How much rain by the end of the weekend? Two to three, up to four inches for most, I think they'll be isolated five and six inch rainfall amounts and then when you add up the rain early next week, we start to see those amounts getting even higher. Four to five for the metro, five to seven in portions of the hill country and I think we'll have isolated amounts eight to ten inches over the next seven days. Look at our first warning weather seven day forecast, you can see temperatures leveling off around 80 or in the low 80s with these daily rain chances continuing through the end of next week.
1: THE TOP OFFICIAL RAISING CONCERNS ON HOW A MAJOR CAR COMPANY IS MARKETED IN THE MIDST OF A SAFETY INVESTIGATION. ELON MUSK IS STEPPING DOWN AS THE CEO OF TWITTER. IN A TWEET, HE SAYS A NEW CEO, AN UNNAMED WOMAN, WILL START IN ABOUT SIX WEEKS. MUSK SAYS HE WILL BE EXECUTIVE CHAIR AND CHIEF TECHNICAL OFFICER ALONG WITH HAVING A PRODUCT ROLE. HE BOUGHT THE COMPANY FOR 44 BILLION DOLLARS LAST OCTOBER AND FIRED TOP EXECUTIVES AND HE ALSO LAID OFF HUNDREDS OF EMPLOYEES. SEVERAL TESLA INVESTORS BECAME CONCERNED MUSK WAS TOO DISTRACTED WITH RUNNING TWITTER AND WANTED HIM TO REDIRECT HIS TIME BACK TO TESLA.
2: Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is raising concerns about Tesla's marketing. This while the car company remains under investigation after 14 people were killed in crashes. Tesla calls its partially automated driving system Autopilot, and Buttigieg says the company shouldn't be marketing vehicles that way because the cars can't actually drive themselves. In an interview with the Associated Press, he said, quote, I don't think that something should be called, for example, in autopilot when the fine print says you need to have your hands on the wheel and eyes on the road at all times. Investigative teams have been sent to over 30 crashes since 2016 involving Tesla suspected of operating on autopilot or its full self-driving system. Those accidents have involved pedestrians, motorcyclists, semi-trailers, and parked emergency vehicles. Tonight on KXAN, it's Law & Order starting at 7, SVU at 8, Organized Crime at 9, before we're back with KXAN News at 10.
4: Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.